You're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM and we're coming to you live from Tasmania right across Australia. Each weekday at 9am you can hear what the Bible says about past, current and future events. You can learn how to study the Bible more effectively. You can get to know who God is, why we're here and where we're going and you can experience personal encounters with Jesus. I'm your host Jason Cook and today we have David Maxwell joining us again as we do every Thursday from Launceston. Welcome David. Hi, Jason. How are you today? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? Yeah, very well. Glad to be here. We were just saying before that the weather's cooling down here in Tasmania. It's uh, mm. starting to feel like winter's definitely on the way. Um, and uh, I was uh, wondering whether it was the, the sun was shining or whether it was overcast up there in Launceston. Yes, the sun's out. It's about 10 degrees, so it's quite cool. I think it's going to warm up to yeah, mid-teens today. Yeah, 15 down in Hobart. Um, mm. So uh, on the mainland, of course, they've had more flooding, and we're thinking of those people over in uh, Lismore, I think it is, that um, mm. is suffering a little bit from more flooding over there. Very so distressing, very distressing. We've been very fortunate in Tassie to be... Uh, very light, um, lightly affected by the rains here. We've had pretty minimal issues, so mm. very fortunate. Mm. David, yeah. it's, it's good to have you back on your series, Reflecting Jesus, and each uh, week you share some stories to kick us off, and mm. you've been sharing some blessings in your Christian walk. What story have you got for us today? Yeah, thanks, Jason. So last week I, I shared the blessing that God has kept us in work uh, all but two weeks since I left uh, home and, and joined or started working at the age of the, the ripe old age of 15 mm. <laughs> when you could when you could do it then um, I became an apprentice in the Air Force so God has uh, been faithful that whole way through and we talked about his faithfulness last week and I just wanted to share two examples of that to show how uh, we're looking at topic of God's gentleness today. But uh, within that gentleness, we'll discover that, that it's, uh, it also includes his faithfulness because he is a good God. And two of the examples I wanted to share this morning was that when we left Western Australia, so I left the Air Force, I uh, got out of the Air Force while I was in Western Australia and started working, well, I couldn't find aircraft work at the time over there in the civilian world, so I started in restaurant work. I worked for Pizza Hut, Sizzler, Fast Eddie's, uh, did some uh, variety of different kinds of work, uh, grill cooks, um, waitering, management, uh, admin, all that sort of stuff. And then then when uh, my wife got pregnant, and uh, I don't know how that happened, <laughs> you must no, have had no. something to do with it <laughs> I, I'm sure I had something to do with that um, we, we decided that Well we prayed about it of course And we decided that it would be good to come back To the eastern states So she, uh, when our daughter was born we'd, She'd be able to meet the family And uh, get to know the family So we prayed about that and we felt we should move And it was amazing How I'd made some I guess I'd made some uh, Inroads into seeing if there was work over east, and there appeared to be some work in uh, the Toowoomba area, and that's where my parents were living at the time. So we sold up everything in Western Australia, following God's leading, and we we went uh, to Queensland, and it was really a completely fresh start. I mean, we were we were getting 
uh, we stayed with my mum and dad for a little while and then we stayed with some other uh, another lady who was moving into a nursing home she let us stay in her house for a while and then we got a place on our own and along that process it was back to basics and it was really relying on God to provide and to look after us and it was such a blessing you know we'd had a family a number of families where we would we would simply go to the the farming co-ops and they would be selling boxes of whatever was picked on the farm so either they were pumpkins or or sweet potatoes or or you know squash or whatever it was that there was that they had picked and we would out of three families we would buy a box of you know each of these things we would divide them up between our families and it was costing us about sixty dollars a fortnight or a week, I can't remember, but it wasn't much. Mm. And we would just have pumpkin soup, pumpkin pie, pumpkin, <laughs> whatever it was that week uh, or that fortnight. And it was such a blessing that God continued to help us get through and provided the basics. As we uh, got into the work there, I worked for the Army Aviation as a civilian and and it was just wonderful to see how God led through that. A little while later, um, my wife had to go down and help her sister in Sydney, and we discussed the idea of seeing if we could find work and going down to Sydney. Now, it was probably not a nice move because Sydney is such a different place from Toowoomba. Mm. However, God opened up the work down there as well, uh, gave me a job and it was it was so much God's leading in that I flew down for the interview we had the interview there and when we finished the interview I was wondering how it was going and they said can you start in a couple of weeks and I said absolutely just got to pack up the home and I'll be down so it was it was just incredible how God led there as well mm. so it, it was amazing through these journeys how how when we are faithful to God, He is faithful to us. Sometimes, when He's not, when we're not faithful to Him, He's still faithful to us. Mm. You know, and and that to me was the biggest eye opener, I guess, in that um, God continued to be faithful throughout my life, regardless of how I behaved. So I can't accuse God of being unfair or impatient or unkind or anything like that. To me, I see His attitude. And it creates in me a sense of devotion, if you like, a devotion and inseparable loyalty because I see someone who is faithful regardless of my behaviour. And that's just a wonderful blessing. Last week uh, we talked on the topic of faithfulness, and so if uh, people want to go back and listen to that, you can do that by going to the website, faithfm.com.au, um, or you can download the Faith FM app, which you can get from the Apple or the Google Play Store. Uh, Faith FM Australia, download it, and you can listen to all of our past programs. So we'd encourage you to do that if you've missed out on any of the programs. They've been uh, fascinating, and I've, I've really enjoyed these programs on the Fruit of the Spirit. And mm. we're almost finished. I think we're on our <laughs> second last one today. Is that right? And then yes. you'll be starting uh, some slightly different content. Slightly different content, same thing, reflecting Jesus as yes, we go through. still, still yeah. on the topic of reflecting Jesus. Mm. Um, remember, our show number is 0488880891. You can text us in responses to our questions, or you can text us in our code for our free book offer, which will have 
coming up later in the program as well. So we would love to hear from you today. Um, David, I think um, we're going to ask a question of our listeners today, and uh, would you like to do that? Yeah, that'd be great. Thanks, Jason. So we're looking at the topic of God's gentleness in the fruit of the Spirit today. And so maybe the question I'd like you to consider, if you're listening, is would anyone be willing to share a time when someone was gentle with you, perhaps when you didn't expect that, you expected something else. Mm. And we were talking earlier, Jason, you said you had a story about that. Yes, I uh, have had many um, visits to hospital, mostly day visits for different surgeries over the past Mm. uh, 10 to 15 years. And I always appreciate and notice the difference between when I'm, I'm treated kindly and gently as a patient because you're always feeling a little bit vulnerable and uh, you know when people are going to be cutting into you and (laughs) performing surgery and sticking things into you in terms of needles and drips and all sorts of things um, a gentle word a gentle touch um, even the way you know the surgeons speak uh, it makes a big difference to the experience of you know going through something that's sometimes not very easy to face so I've experienced both gentle and uh, not so gentle experiences and mm. I very much have appreciated the people who have been gentle in their approach when they're looking after you in hospital. Mm. What yeah, about you, that's, David? That's great. Look, I had a an example that jumped out in my mind was when I was in high school and I had stolen something from the tuck shop, um, found a very creative way of getting a free uh, a free lunch, there's the no such thing as a free lunch, David. Yeah, there's no such thing. I found out the hard way. The following day, I thought, well, that worked well. No one, you know, we didn't get caught. I did it again. I didn't know. They saw the first time, knew our family background. We weren't exactly wealthy. Let us get away with it. But when we did it the second time, they thought, this is a habit. We have to address it. So when I went to the headmaster's office, rather than getting punished by the headmaster, firstly, I saw God's gentleness working through him. However, I thought it was quite cruel because he sent me home to tell my parents, (laughs) knowing I came from a very strict family and I'd probably be punished worse by them than him. Mm. Coming home, I was distraught. When I told my mum, I expected her to get out her little whip and give me a good beating. But she didn't. She did completely the opposite. She talked to me about it. She you know, talked to me about God's forgiveness and what God wants for us and then told me I had to go and pay back what I'd, uh, what I'd stolen. And that mm. took me uh, a good month to be able to save the money to pay, pay them back. But it taught me a lesson. Mm. taught me a lesson that when you're dealt with gently but firmly, it can offer, often uh, produce the best result. Mm. And I saw God's gentleness through that. Mm. We'd love to hear from you. Share with us a time when somebody was gentle with you, and particularly perhaps if you weren't expecting that. We'd love to hear from you. Text us in on 0488 This is Anna Beden with A Beating Heart. Inside my chest beats a heart You have always blessed but I pushed you apart I've never had a test that I've passed My life was a mess from the start 
To Tassie Encounters on Faith FM, and this morning we're talking with David Maxwell on his series focusing on reflecting Jesus. And today our topic is gentleness. Before the break, we asked you a question: Would you be willing to share a time when somebody was gentle with you? Perhaps when you least expected it. Maybe you expected something else. Text us in your answer on zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one. So David, we're going to unpack this topic of gentleness, and in particular God's gentleness. So uh, we need to get into it. Yeah, absolutely, Jason. So look, as we unpack this uh, topic of God's gentleness, it really it's it's uh, sharing how how our relationship with God is often affected by His behaviour towards us. And so you know, if God is harsh or someone is harsh, it often um, changes how we address them, how we respond. And so I'd like to unpack that a little bit more in a moment. But first I think we'll pray. And then we'd like, I'd, like, I'd like you to read Galatians 5.19 to 26, this time again in the Amplified Version. And some people might not have read the Amplified Version, but it's good because aside from the actual text, it includes in brackets around some of the words that are mentioned a deeper understanding of what that word means for us today. Mm. And I find it quite helpful. Not always, but sometimes. So we're going to read it in that, but uh, first let's have a prayer. Sure. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you that we're able to have your word available freely to us in so many different versions. 
As we read this today, Lord, we pray that you will speak to us through it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So thanks, Jason. If you could read uh, Galatians 5, 19 to 26 in the Amplified. Sure. Now I'm going to be reading um, the extra words as well, so Good. I'll read that through and um, you can talk about the extra bits later. So verse 19 says, Now the practices of the sinful nature are clearly evident. They are sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, total irresponsibility, lack of self-control, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, disputes, dissensions, factions that promote heresies, envy, drunkenness, riotous behavior, and other things like these. I warn you beforehand, just as I did previously, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit, the result of His presence within us, is love, unselfish concern for others, joy, inner peace, patience, not the ability to wait, but how we act while waiting, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ have crucified the sinful nature together with his passions and appetites. If we claim to live by the Holy Spirit, we must also walk by the Spirit with personal integrity, godly character and moral courage, our conduct empowered by the Holy Spirit. We must not become conceited, challenging or provoking one another, envying one another. Thanks, Jason. Some things that really jumped out at me as you were reading through there were uh, the extra amplification mm. for some of those words. One where it said dissensions, factions. It's not just a faction or a breakaway. It's one that promotes heresies. Mm. Um, what was that one for love? Unselfish concern for others. I think that was the one. Yeah, that's it. Thanks, Jason. And, uh, and what about patience? Don't you love that? Not the ability to wait, but how we act while waiting. Yeah, how we, how we act while we're waiting. And then walking by the Spirit with personal integrity, godly character and moral courage, our conduct empowered by the Holy Spirit. What a lovely amplification there is there. Yeah. Yeah. Telling us what it means to walk by the Spirit. Really good, really good. Mm. So I got my opening illustration today. Some of you will have heard of, will remember Shackleton, who was that great explorer. In the early 1900s, uh, he was planning uh, what was what actually uh, proved to be his last expedition uh, to the Arctic. And he was, uh, there was this interesting. Uh, uh, Incident that was said to have happened. So Shackleton was seated in his office in London. He was speaking to his friend about this forthcoming expedition. And the friend said, look, I'm surprised that you're being so public uh, about this new venture. It's, it's rather unlike you. So apparently Shackleton was quite private about some of the things that he did, but not in this case. He was noising it abroad. Shackleton replied, I have a purpose in doing so. I want my colleague, Mr. Wilde, to hear about my plans. He has buried himself in the heart of Africa and has left no address. But I thought that I would broadcast the news that I, what I was, that I was going 
and it might filter through into the very centre of Africa. And if Wild knows I'm going, he will come. They both turned, and standing in the doorway was Mr. Wild. <laughs> Amazing story. It Amazing is. story. Yeah. Just as he's recounting this to his mm-hmm. friend. It was a really dramatic moment as Wilde and Shackleton shook hands, um, this, this handshake of loyalty. And Mr. Wilde says, I heard you were going. The news found its way into the heart of Africa. And when I knew, I dropped my gun, picked up a bit of baggage and made straight for home. Here I am. What are your orders? So this, this really demonstrates the response of someone who's loyal and devoted to another person. It creates this inseparable loyalty, inseparable loyalty. And the characteristics of the fruit of the Spirit also display how close we are to God. So today, we want to look at this topic of gentleness. So what is gentleness? Well, look, there are a number of words in in both the Hebrew and the Greek. We can't look all these verses up, but if you're listening, you've got a pen, write the verses down and go and look at them yourself afterwards. So there are a number of words in the Old Testament that portray the idea of being gentle in the Hebrew. Some of them are similar, some sound very different. The first one that I found was anah, and that's in 2 Samuel twenty-two thirty-six. It's translated as gentleness, and it means this self-abasement, humility, and gentleness more directly in speech. Then there's uh, anavah which sounds quite similar, but Anavar is in Psalms 18.35. That's also translated as gentleness, and here it means human or divine gentleness, humility and meekness. Then there's Habla Adam, and it's literally uh, translated as cords of a man, but it's translated in most of our uh, translations as gentle cords, and it infers that God uses other people to lift their burdens Mm. so it wasn't directly something god was doing but he was involved helping this person relieve someone else's burden very interesting um a very interesting take on the the word gentleness that's in hosea 11 4 then there's a there's another a couple more as well i haven't got time to go through all of them but they all help to give a picture of what gentleness means in the Old Testament. One meaning is like gentle rain, another one is soft or tender-hearted. But in the Greek, in the New Testament, we have this gentle or gentleness as it's used in Galatians 5, used around about 17 times. And again, I haven't got... We, we just never have enough time, do we, Jason? Mm. <laughs> Um, to look up all of these verses, uh, but the one in uh, Galatians 5.23, it means gentleness, humility, or meekness. And when we're talking about gentleness, we have 1 Corinthians 4.21. Paul is asking how the Corinthian church wants him to speak to them. Um, does he want them does he does do they want him to speak gently or harshly uh, so that's talking about the speech galatians 6 1 is oh, sorry is also uh, inferring speech do you want to be you know gentle or or do you want me to be harsh uh, these there are also words that convey humility okay so there's one about gentleness this one's about humility 
Second Timothy two twenty five. God, uh, sorry, uh, Paul is again referring to how we speak. Um, there's those who oppose us, and there's the con- uh, concept of humility in the way that we respond, and how important that is. Titus three two. It's referring that we are encouraged to speak evil of no one. Again, speaking and talking in humility. But there is a verse I want to read in Second Corinthians chapter ten. Second uh, Corinthians chapter ten and verse one. Let me read this one. It says now I, Paul, myself, am pleading with you by the meekness and gentleness of Christ, who in presence am lowly among you, but being absent, am bold toward you. So here he's he's saying that the way he's pleading with people is with meekness and gentleness of Christ. He draws this connection that it's actually the way Jesus is, which is quite important. Paul's suggesting here that Jesus was meek and gentle in the way he addressed people, as Paul himself was trying to do. Um, you know, he was trying to act the way that Jesus was acting. Mm. It's um, <clears throat> interesting that sometimes we don't, uh, I guess, we don't portray gentleness in our ideas and thoughts, and and it's something that we need to do better um, as uh, Christians in particular. Mm. We should be very gentle when we're sharing our our stories and our messages with other people because we know that, God is not a forceful God. Mm. And, 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 and gentleness mentioned in these verses here, it's not weakness. You know, mm. you have meekness and weakness, they might sound the same, but they're not the same. And we'll look at that a bit more afterwards. Mm. Well, we're going to go to our next song. This is called Meekness and Majesty. We've got a book offer today coming up as well. It's called God is Listening, Help in Daily Living. Remember to... Our question, would you be willing to share a time when somebody was gentle with you? Perhaps when you least expected it. Text us in on 0488 This is Graham Kendrick. Meekness and majesty, manhood and deity, in perfect harmony, the man who is God. Lord of eternity Dwells in humanity Kneels in humility And washes our feet Oh, what a mystery Meekness and majesty Bow down and worship For this is your God Father, forgive. Oh, what a 
unsearchable, God the invisible, love indestructible, in frailty appears, Lord of infinity, stooping so tenderly, lifts our humanity to the heights of His throne. This program is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. You're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM. And today we're speaking with David Maxwell on his series Reflecting Jesus. And we're talking about the topic of gentleness. Now, before the break, we asked a question about sharing a time when somebody was gentle with you. And Paula has texted us in. She said, just a thought, how many times as we grew from childhood to adult life, how many times did our parents have to practice gentleness when I'm sure many, many times they could rather chastise us? I'm sure it makes for a better transformation into adulthood than harsh punishment. That's yeah, a great right. message. Thank you, Paula, for testing us in. And uh, it does make you think, doesn't it? Mm, mm. So true. So, David, uh, before the break, we were looking at how gentleness is the way God responds to us. And uh, we're going to continue this as part of the fruit of the Spirit. So how does it relate to the fruit of the Spirit? Yeah, thanks, Jason. So before the break, I was t- I went through this illustration about Mr. Wilde and his response to Shackleton's call for helpers. And they had this undying loyalty towards each other. So he responded and he came and helped. I tied this into how similar that is to our reaction to God when we experience his nature firsthand. So I guess the question is, how does gentleness relate to the fruit of the Spirit? Mm. So one of my favorite authors wrote this. The Savior never suppressed the truth, but he uttered it always in love. So he was he was quite clear in right and wrong, but the way he expressed it, we, we, a, lot, a lot of times as we read the Bible, we don't have the tone that Jesus used mm. or the facial expressions. This, this is what the writer brings out. In his intercourse with others, he exercised the greatest tact, and all, he was always kind and thoughtful. He was never rude, never needlessly spoke a severe word, never gave unnecessary pain to a sensitive soul. He did not censure human weakness. He feared, fearlessly denounced hypocrisy. We see that over and over mm. again unbelief and iniquity, but tears were in his voice as he uttered his scathing rebukes. He never made truth cruel, but ever manifested a deep tenderness for humanity. I see that when I see people's response to the things that Jesus said. They either went away sad, recognizing that they couldn't make the change. They, They just didn't want to give up the things that Jesus was asking them to. Or in some other way, they responded to him. 
Every soul was precious in his sight. I would even suggest, I would suggest even those who hated and derided him, you know, he, he, they, were, they were precious in Jesus' sight. He bore himself with divine dignity, yet bowed with the tenderest compassion and regard to every member of the family of God. He saw in all souls whom it was his mission to save. I love the way that's written. This is also reflected in Colossians 3.12, James 1.21, uh, James 3.13, but especially so in 1 Peter 3. First uh, Peter three and verse fifteen. Let me read that for you. First Peter three fifteen. It says, "But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, and always be ready to give a defence to everyone who asks you a reason for the hope that is in you, but not bluntly or rudely or or anything like that." Listen to the last part of it. it says, "With meekness and fear." So yeah, we can have we can have all the right information, but how we share that information is very very important. Neil Armstrong stepped onto the moon about fifty years ago. Today, well, not today, but about fifty years ago, he stepped onto the moon. He could have said a number of things. He could have said any number of things. He could have made statements that showed he was better than others. He was the one that, you know, got to step down onto the moon. First, well, we forget who was the one that took the picture of it. <laughs> um, in that he got to do it. He mm. could have made bold announcements or challenges to others to come and do the same. However, in his statement that's been forever more immortalized you know one small step for mankind one for man one large leap one giant leap for mankind um, in this statement he showed his character he showed how he saw the immense responsibility of what he'd just achieved for all mankind not just for himself or his country he wasn't uh, weak because he took that path, but rather it was his strength of character that allowed him to show his humility and respect for all mankind, not just himself or that one particular mission. So clearly meekness is not weakness. It's not the same. And, and Jesus displayed this in his life, his words and his actions while he was here. We see this linked to the fruit of the Spirit, and, and I look at other examples in the Bible that help demonstrate this and one of the, the the biggest ones that demonstrates the two sides of character is in job if you want to look it up and read it the exact section i'm talking about job six twenty four to 30 and it's the way job's friends respond to him now i just want to paint the picture for you for a minute imagine here's a man who's just lost everything he's lost his family all but his wife he's lost all his kids they've all been killed um, he's, he's lost all his property. He's lost all of his uh, wealth in the animals and everything that he has all been taken away in one day. Um, how would you be feeling? It's hard to imagine, isn't it? It's, it is. I don't know if we can. Yeah, exactly. All right. And his friends come along. His friends come along and effectively say, come on, Job, you know it's your fault. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Nice you, friends. <laughs> Lovely friends. Who, you know, needs, enemies. who needs enemies? <laughs> exactly. Um, you know this wouldn't have happened to you if you were really good. So had, they had this idea that you were bad, bad things happen. You were good, good things happen. So they come along and say, you know, 
what have you done to deserve all this suffering? Come on, fess up. Tell us what's happened. This isn't gentleness. It's the complete opposite. It's arrogance and pride. There was very little sympathy for Job. There was no empathy. There was no care or compassion in their words. Perhaps, you know, they sat for a week. Maybe they should have sat a bit longer in silence and not said anything. But Job states that he can't even stand the taste of unjust words. You know, our words, once they're spoken, can't be taken back. And we often in our life have regretted what we've said. This is why it says in James 1.19, Let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to wrath. When we look at this characteristic list, or character list if you like, in, um, in Galatians that we've been looking at, uh, let me just zip back there for a moment. We, we look at some of these, some of these things, um, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbirth of wrath, dissensions, heresies, envy leading to gossip. You know, this is all things that are said, aren't they? Mm. got an illustration before we go to a break and we go through this illustration. A farmer's wife had spread slanderous story about a pastor throughout the village. This would never happen, would it? <laughs> and soon the whole countryside had heard. Uh, sometime later, the woman became sick and confessed that the story was untrue. After her recovery, she came to the pastor and asked his forgiveness. The old pastor said, Of course, I will gladly forgive you if you will comply with one wish of mine. Gladly, replied the woman. Go home, kill a black hen, pluck the feathers, put them in a basket and bring them here. In half an hour she was back. She obviously really wanted to clear this up. Now, said the pastor, go through the village and at each street corner scatter a few of these feathers. The remaining ones take to the top of the bell tower and scatter them to the winds and return. So she did it. When she came back, the pastor says to her, Now, go through the village and gather the feathers again and see that not one is missing. The woman looked at the pastor in astonishment and said, Why, that's impossible. The wind has scattered them all over the fields everywhere. And so he said, While I forgive you gladly, do not forget that you can never undo the damage your untrue words have done. This is not just true of untrue words, but also unkind words. Once you say them, you can't take them back. And that's why, as I read earlier, James says, be swift to hear, slow to speak. And in James 3.5, it says that our tongue is only small, but it can start a great fire. Mm. Jesus said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. In other words, what's in the heart fuels what's in our mouth. So gentleness in our speech, which includes humility and meekness, will only come if the fruit is already within us through the Holy Spirit. That's why it's so closely tied. So important, isn't it? The, uh, the gentleness of God really means that we need to be considerate. We need to think about the people that we're talking about, how we're talking about them, and the mm. reputation of others. It's... Uh, it's so easy to say, you know, nasty words about mm. people if they've uh, offended us or whatever. But 
can't take it back. We can't take it back, yeah. We are going to have a book offer coming up in the next section. It's called God is Listening, Help in Daily Living. And uh, this book, it says, uh, Prayer is the opening of the heart to God as to a friend. It says, if there's, is there some secret formula we need to learn in order to pray successfully? Does God really hear us when we pray? If you want to know more about effective prayer, then God is listening will encourage you on this journey of discovery. After the break, we'll give you the code for this. But right now, this is Always Good by Andrew Peterson. Stay tuned for the code right after the break. Do you remember how Mary was grieving? How you wept and she fell at your feet? If it's true that you know what I'm feeling... Could it be that you're weeping with me? Arise, O Lord, and save me. There's nowhere else to go. You're always good. Always good. Well, somehow this sorrow in my heart like it should And you are always good Always good Well it's so hard to know what you're doing So why won't you tell it all plain But you said you'd come back on the third day it again and again So maybe the answer surrounds us But we don't have eyes to see That you're always good Always good This heartache is moving me closer than joy
listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM. And today we're finishing up our program with David Maxwell on the topic of gentleness. Before the break, I promised a code for our book today, our free book offer called God is Listening, Help in Daily Living. We'd love to get a copy of this book to you. And today you can text in REFLECT number 8. That's the word REFLECT, R-E-F-L-E-C-T, and the number 8, no spaces. Text that into 0488 880 and we can get that out to you. We also had a message earlier from David. He says, thanks for Elohim. Uh, sorry, Elohim's loving grace. Now, Elohim's another name for God, isn't it, David? Yes, yes. Elohim. Elohim, sorry. I'm not <laughs> pronouncing it right. Um, That's okay. So, thanks for God's loving grace towards me as an Asperger's person. Thus, my understanding that close family members are patient and gentle with me, and I try to expect express his love more and more since my salvation in 1979. Thank you, David, for sharing that as well. It's uh, nice that we can recognise when people are patient and gentle with us. So, David, mm. uh, before the break, you're explaining that um, gentleness of God takes a lot of consideration of uh, the characters that we're interacting with, the reputation mm. of others. How would you like to expand on that to finish us off today? Yeah, yeah, and thanks, David, from Mellonbrook, a lovely place in Western Australia. We had a couple of other texts in as well, so thank you for sharing and uh, texting in today. One of the best verses that demonstrates to us the gentleness of God, because, uh, you know, unless we see the demonstration of this, it's difficult for us to understand sometimes what it means. So when we, when we want to see the the demonstration of the gentleness of God's character. We can look uh, at the Bible, we can look at examples, and Jesus, who is, I guess, the express image of God. So when we want to see what God's like, look at Jesus. That's what the Bible says. We can see it in the way that Jesus responded to people who were bad to him. Now, one of the most hurtful things for you as a person is when one of your close friends does or says something that hurts you deeply. I'm not, I'm not uh, telling you anything you don't know out there because you've all probably experienced this. I know I have, I know you probably have, Jason. Many people have experienced this. So when all of Jesus' disciples run away and leave him to bear the brunt of the persecution that's coming to him, mm. I'm sure it really hurts him deeply mm. as a human. But he restores Peter in a beautiful way. And I love the way that John, the beloved disciple, records this. And and we've talked about this in the past, but, you know, maybe I'll just mention it briefly. So <clears throat> when you go to John 21, 15 to 22, you have Jesus restoring Peter. And many of you have heard this before. And he says to Peter, do you love me? Hmm. And Peter says, you know that I love you, Lord. And he says, feed my lambs. Then he says a second time, do you love me? He must have been thinking, didn't you hear me the first time? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Tend my sheep. Then the third time, he says, do you love me? And he's grieved. And many people think, 
oh, he's grieved because Jesus asks him three times and he denied him three times. And there's probably a um, part of the context there in that. But the fact is when you look at the Greek, you have Jesus saying, do you agape me? Do you love me with the love that comes from God? And Peter responds differently. He says, you know I phileo you. You know I love you like a brother. And Jesus lets that go and he, and he says the same thing again. Do you agape me, Peter? Peter says, you know that I phileo you like a brother, love you like a brother. And the third time, Jesus says, well, do you phileo me? Comes down to his level, uses the same terminology that Peter's using. He says, do you even love me like a brother? And Peter's hurt because he realizes he doesn't love Jesus with the love that comes from God. And he, he doesn't even express brotherly love very well. And this is a big change for Peter. So Jesus could have berated Peter in front of all the others. You know, he could have said, uh, yeah, you've got a lack of faith. I told you to look out. I told you to prepare. But you wouldn't listen, would you? You know, he doesn't do this. He speaks gently and lovingly, but he challenges him through the words that he uses. And he draws him back to that position of decision through his encouragement. I love the way, I just love the way Jesus does that. You know, he had a way of addressing the religious leaders of the day. He had a way of calling them to account, as we read earlier, but with words that didn't destroy them. It didn't destroy them. It transformed them. Or they didn't want to listen to it and it rejected them. I think of Nicodemus, you know. It, it transformed Nicodemus. He comes to Christ. He wants to know about salvation. Mr. Wilde had a very close friendship with Shackleton. So when he received the call, he responded immediately. Peter, through Jesus' gentleness in the way he dealt with this rough and opinionated fisherman, had drawn him to a very close relationship and bond together with Jesus. Even through the pain of his denial, Jesus was able to woo him back and when he made that final call, we know that Peter obeyed and he listened. So it is with God throughout the Bible. He shows his gentleness by the way he addresses us, the way he speaks to us. And it culminates in the way that Jesus spoke to those he was seeking to save. Even though we have times of disobedience, failing to live up to what God wants for us, Jesus woos us back through the Holy Spirit. And as we're filled with the Holy Spirit more and more, we receive his love. The love leads to joy and peace, as we've looked before. The patience, the long-suffering that we need. We become kind to others. It produces goodness in our Christian living and we gain more and more faith along the journey. Then as we speak and we interact with others, our language is tempered as we talk with them and we speak with them with humility and kindness even when they're attacking us. Now, if you look at your your, your relationship, your Christian relationship, and you think, well, that's not true, David. You know, I see so many failings in myself. I'm not talking about the failings. I'm talking about this is the progression that God leads us on through the Holy Spirit. And yes, we fall, we make mistakes, but this is the direction God wants for us. Mm. His gentleness comes through the Holy Spirit and it counteracts those sinful traits that we see in our human nature. So as Jesus addresses you today 
and gently speaks to you today. Will you respond instantly and willingly and follow as he leads? Mm. It's a good lesson, gentleness. And, of course, we can't do it in our own strength. Mm. We need the strength of the Holy Spirit to uh, bring that fruit to us. Yeah. Um, David, what have you got for us next week? I think this is the final mm-hmm. fruit of the Spirit, is it? Yeah, in this section, this is the final fruit of the Spirit, self-control. And we're going to look at God's self-control first. You might find this really interesting and then how it reflects in our own experience. Awesome. Uh, one of the uh, passages you read earlier, David, was, or that you mentioned earlier but we didn't read out, is Psalm 18.35. And I think it's so relevant to what you've been talking about today as the fruit of gentleness is a much more effective way to reach people than, I guess, harshness or, you know, a stern word sometimes. So I'm just going to read that. Psalm 18 verse 35 says, Mm -hmm. You have also given me the shield of your salvation. Your right hand has held me up. Your gentleness has made me great. You know, gentleness can make a huge difference in somebody's life. So sometimes we need to really consider mm. that gentleness is the better approach. Yeah. That's a challenge for me personally because sometimes <laughs> if I'm in the heat of the moment and I'm under stress, then I can easily lash out at somebody and I need to learn how to be gentle in that circumstance. Mm. Tomorrow we've got Tamika Spalding sharing Finding Love and Purpose Part 2. Remember our book offer today, God is Listening. You can text in REFLECT number 8 to 0488 880891. Uh, yeah, I think that's all we've got for today. It's been great talking to you today, mm. David. So Thanks, Jason. Going to go out with this song, and we just want to say that wherever you are, whatever you're doing for the rest of the day, may God's gentle presence be with you. Thanks, well, David. I, I got so much I'm down to tell you, but you can't bear to hear me now. In a little while, I must move on. Separate our love I'm doing it all
program is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio.